0: Hi everyone! Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Onsite and Offshore, a dedicated podcast for professionals involved in offshore projects. Where we chat with business owners, project managers, analysts, software developers who have successfully supported their overseas clients from India, and also connect with entrepreneurs who outsource the work to offshoring firms. I'm your host Suresh Shukla, founder of and Infotech, with a passion for selling and supporting offshoring projects. In today's episode of the Onside and Offshore Talk, I have Mr. Tilak Raju, the founder and CEO of Maxi5 and Tilash Services as our guest. Tilak embarked on his professional path as a network and system engineer before seamlessly transitioning into the role of a data warehouse developer. Presently, he successfully manages two thriving businesses, posting an impressive career that spans over 20 years. Throughout his journey, he had the privilege of working and providing support to some of the top companies globally. Welcome to our show, How are you doing today? Suresh, I'm doing really great. How are you doing? Fantastic. First of all, thanks for your giving your time on Saturday. I really appreciate it. Thank you
1: very much for this offer. So I would be really happy to answer it today.
0: Thanks, Tilak. Let me begin by asking you, when did you start working on offshoring projects? Do you recall your first client in task? I mean, this is a standard question I ask everyone since the theme of the podcast, which we started is uh, to interact with people who have supported um, overseas clients or who sell their product to overseas clients uh, so, yeah, so do you recall your uh, first client on the task when you were exposed to international audience?
1: So you're uh, going to, uh, I mean, uh, recall all my history. I'll be happy. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, it was in the year of 2007, actually. I was working for Verizon. I just recently joined at the time, and uh, I was introduced to a client uh, called uh, Jim. His name is James Muller or something. Uh, I was a developer at that time, pretty new. My t- uh, first task was like to uh, pull out some data from the database and he gave all basic ta- basic tasks to check where I was and what I do and how I perform on all those. I mean, as the day goes, it was like uh, quite impressive to work with him. So that is my first experience.
0: Right. So that was for a, I mean client based in U.S. or out yeah, of U.K.? Yeah, from U.S.
1: actually. Verizon has a seven offshore in uh, India and uh, they are based out of U.S.,
0: Right. So wh- how, was your, how did you feel at that moment of time? Like you know, straight out of college and were exposed to international audience? Were you comfortable or did you do any preparation to, you know, make yourself comfortable? Or what was the guidance from your team?
1: Oh, really not? Uh, went unprepared, and uh, it was quite new to uh, understand the accent first of all, and uh, it, is, it was pretty new to talk to an American. But he was quite accommodative, so he he tried to accommodate me, and he was trying to make me like uh, really comfortable. And uh, he said, "That's okay, just move on." So it's pretty new experience altogether. But my team was quite supportive, uh, and and they were pre- prepping me up with the questions that he is going to ask and how he is and uh, what kind of role that he is doing there and all of those so but team here and there both on both sides they have been so, super supportive with me
0: right and you completed your engineering in 2004 and you directly started as a network uh, engineer right network infra- infrastructure and system maintenance correct then you moved to a developer role is that correct correct oh, okay now, how did the transition happen because for someone who is like Managing a uh, request over the phone, then moving to as a data warehouse developer or a .NET developer, how difficult the transition was? Like?
1: Actually, it was all accident. So let me uh, explain to you what my past is. Mm-hmm. I was, I studied uh, engineering. Uh, I mean, I was, my passion is to become a developer at that time. I was thinking like I was a serious developer, but right now, no. Uh, at that time, I was uh, thinking developer is, is a high profile role that I want to really uh, perform there and explore more of that. But uh, my father ended up with a lot of debts, So I had no choice other than uh, uh, paying back my loan interest. So I went and joined Sutherland for three months and they trained me in uh, networks and systems a bit. And uh, they trained me in English as well, which I felt impressive. On top of that, they paid for three months. With that, I uh, solved my interest bank interest problem, so uh, I paid it off. With all that hopes, uh, I mean, I was uh, somewhat trying to become a developer then. But uh, I got an offer from ADP, which was like a, a prominent company in uh, US, and they they were for, they interviewed me from Hyderabad. They uh, questioned me everything uh, for for the developer role, and by then I went and joined in the year of two thousand four. Out of 12 people joined on the same day, they made me sit on system and network uh, and I was like quite surprised. Why, why are you making me sit here? I was like trying to pursue a role of developer. So they said, no, this is where the vacancy is. So I was accidentally landed there. So, but it is not out of passion, but I gave my fullest in that role. Uh, I learned a lot in that. Even now I'm running a company. Uh, we have around uh, 60 plus uh, people working with me here and there. But still, that system and network still helps. So, if someone asks me to solve something on that, I can at least do a basics of it and I try to do some evaluation
0: of that. Fantastic! That's good to know. Tilak, but Tilak, like in terms of learning from a transition from a system infrastructure engineer to a data warehouse developer, what kind of learning did you go through? I'm sure, like you know, that, would be difficult, right? I mean, anyone wants to switch their career. What kind of activities did you do, like, you know, to become a developer?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. At the time, people felt that uh, my uh, entire carry is going to be uh, a system and networks, but I was not feeling the same. I was like continuously trying to become a developer and I went and approached many uh, managers over there. But they were asking me, what is your experience? uh, How do you do? All those questions. Uh, Likewise, like six months have gone, so I had to make some decision. So what I did is I uh, I went to one of the manager and I told them that there are several shifts uh, system and network engineers generally do. So I asked him to uh, put me in early morning shift that starts around uh, six o'clock and ends by four. So I can concentrate more on uh, development uh, learning. And uh, my second day, that means after four o'clock, I used to uh, go to one of the institute nearby and I used to train myself in that. And with all those experience, I developed a small project which impressed uh, another another manager and he gave me an offer to join as a developer. So that was like, uh, I mean, what to say, it's it's all like a marathon run, I can say. It's not that easy.
0: See, so like, I've been approached by many people, you know, the younger folks who want to become a Java developer. But they're in testing or uh, they're into some other field. They want to become a developer because the attraction towards a developer and the pay scale, which they think is pretty high compared to any other career. Uh, so, what advice or suggestion would you offer to them?
1: Okay. i think i tell you one thing uh, without being like so passionate about development i would uh, rather suggest not to step into that only just because that the pay scale is more so unless until you are super passionate and you're uh, i mean trying to learn yourself and want to pursue a career and try to prove something on that and change uh, a bit on the industry so i would uh, rather say uh, it, it is not really worth it to take but I I feel that uh, d- doing a developer role uh, carries uh, more weightage in the in the uh, in any project. Uh, always there in limelight. So that that role has been given a lot of importance as well. Um, maybe uh, I I would uh, definitely uh, I can tell one thing. Without the passion, there there won't be any learning at all. So check yourself. Are you really passionate for the role? And you want to you want to learn something on the technology and then move on.
0: Right. Oh, well, that's the suggestion which I give. I've had people who are from sales background or just completed something. And I think this Java is quite a, the Java developer. There's many training centers in Chennai which kind of promises become a Java developer will put you in um, you know 100% job placement. I keep telling them, listen, that's not going to work out. At the end yeah. of the day, like you know, development is a tough job. So if you're into sales or marketing, then all of a sudden, or being a functional consultant, then moving to development is going to be a tough task. Think about it uh, 10 times before you switch your career to something else exactly and you had the opportunity to work for some big uh, global companies adp cognizant verizon paypal and tcs i mean how did you end up clearing all these interviews all for these big companies and among these experience which role did you find most enjoyable and which one presented the greatest challenge for you
1: uh for ADP, I would say that uh, the interview is not uh, uh, that uh, tough to crack because it, that's my that's my first company. But right. remaining all as the cat goes, as the uh, designation goes higher and higher, the number of uh, uh, rounds of interviews and the intensity was like uh, pretty high. I uh, mean, uh, with, with knowledge, yes, we can able to definitely address it, and with uh, more than knowledge, with experience, definitely we can able to uh, crack any kind of interview. That's more important and. The role that they are uh, looking for and the experience that you have should match. That's what I feel. And uh, the among my experience, I would say that uh, the role that I really enjoyed is the PayPal. Uh, PayPal, I was uh, performing as a release management role. And that's quite sensitive uh, job because uh, I'm totally responsible for deploying all the codes. in And I and my team, in fact. Uh, we're responsible to deploy the, all the codes in the production. Uh, without our approval, nothing moves on to production. That's that's how we were. But if something goes wrong, our head is gone there. And tomorrow, the, we might be a limelight in the media as well. So we we, 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 we used to check, double check, triple check. Um, every time we, we deploy the code, we did a lot of automation on that to have complete check over there. That's pretty sensitive area. And PayPal being a fintech company, Anything, even even uh, even uh, even one dollar will will create a huge impact. You know that well. Even fraction of dollars, in fact. So we used to test a lot before we deploy something into production. Quite sensitive, a role thing.
0: I asked this question to all my guests I had some uh, good guests, Vinay and uh, Ashwin, Vijay. Um, you know, like you know, This is a new podcast. Do you think the offshore team gets enough credit for the kind of work we do from India? Uh, the reason i always excited to, you know, uh, get the perspective of the other person is I'm into sales. So I interact with lots of people. Still, there is some, you know, uh, concern for international organization to outsource the work to India. What's your take on it? Like, you know, what do you think?
1: See, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, offshore gets a credit or not. Uh, to answer that question, uh, I would say that it is not 100 percent because even, even uh, I'm running companies. Unless I right. go meet people directly, I'm not getting that connect at all. After COVID, we uh, definitely uh, got restricted by moving to various different parts because people slowly started uh, doing hybrid jobs, sitting uh, uh, at home and working. So meeting people has become like uh, much lesser when compared to uh, earlier days. But direct connect is always better. So with that, if somebody is sitting in on-site, they will have more connect with the client. So with that uh, people always think that, that my nearest person is doing uh, much more help than the person who is sitting somewhere else in the world. So that uh, to answer that uh, to first question, that is, the, that is my answer. Right. What is the
0: next question? Well, do offshore team gets enough credit uh, for the kind of work we do, uh, the huge development project, ERP implementation, you know, so many kind of work we execute from India. Uh, you think like that our team gets enough credit from India?
1: Uh, to some extent, yes. To a larger extent, no.
0: Okay. <laughs> and like for someone who's just starting out in the it industry what guidance or suggestion would you offer like you know let's like just take you want to guide someone a fresher who's just out of an engineering college and he's clueless and what what suggestion or advice a uh, proper career path would you want to you know guide
1: okay in my uh era like uh, in the year of i graduated in the year of 2004 uh, I came fresh from college and uh, passed in my resume to uh, more than 100 companies in and uh, around Chennai. And we went to Bangalore and gave our resumes. Nothing clicked. And after getting into the industry, the industry was totally different uh, than what we have gone through in the college. It was like there is no sink at all. But right now, there are plenty of opportunities, even in my office. Uh, people from uh, college they do internship for more than i mean even the college is permitting to go and do internship for a year and uh, they're getting paid and uh, they're getting very good experience they almost like become one year uh, software engineer experience or whatever the industry engineers anybody in that i would uh, rather say instead of uh, mm, i mean completely uh, graduating waiting uh, to join in a company. I can definitely say to check your passion on uh, getting into the IT industry, this is the best test phase I can say. The final one year is a golden period for you. Come test yourself. There are plenty of companies giving an offer right now to do internship programs. Much useful, very useful. Earlier internship means like coming to uh, coming to offers, uh, sit for three months and just go back. It is not the case right now. People are coming here and working with uh, the experienced uh, uh, developers, testers, Uh, DevOps engineers that's that's a beautiful experience that you're going to get so with that you can slowly determine what's your passion on I mean what you're doing and uh, how you can map yourself to a particular role, how the technology works and you can keep updating uh, yourself on the technology for the one year so this one year definitely I would say that it's a golden period which we didn't get but these era people are definitely getting it I, I would say that newcomers can definitely use this
0: well, that really makes sense because someone who gets an opportunity to, to interact with the live team, like performing the task, right. I think that would surely make a big difference. I think that's a very good valid point because, uh, Tilak, uh, I mean, I can't imagine like, you know, someone who just completed a engineering and directly getting an opportunity to work on live projects. I think that's 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 fantastic. And Tilak, which five technology fields do you believe are worth concentrating uh, for the next five to ten years? Okay.
1: Instead of five, I, I would quote uh, three. On Mm -hmm. the three, there are many subdivisions. The first thing is, A is going to take over. So everywhere we are talking about A, no doubt on that it is going to take over the industry. And... Many, many jobs uh, are going to get, uh, uh, I mean, going to get run along with A. Not that it is going to replace the people, but uh, many people are going to use A. That's the, I mean, with ChatGPT and all those, even the common man, without even having computer knowledge, started using A now. So A, A even for our chatbots, like uh, we have uh, our, uh, I mean, what to say, our websites, Earlier, we used to have uh, one person sitting and doing the support. Right now, we feed everything, every data into AA, and A is doing predominant support uh, for most of the people. And after, I mean, to some extent, if A couldn't answer, then it comes to humans. So I feel that A is one important thing that is going to emerge. Second is the automation. Even we did automation on many areas. Earlier, we, I mean, uh, any industry would do manual things, uh, which uh, is time consuming. I mean, uh, sometimes monotonous work and uh, most of the time clerical errors with all those automation has taken over. So automation is under the industry. And the third one is data. With data, there are many subdivisions. Um, but like 10, 15 years back, there is no storage spaces and uh, storage is expensive. But right now, storage is not that expensive and data is everywhere now. So how do you use the data is the biggest advantage for any company. Data is gold according to me. So inside data, there are so many areas, like, uh, what to say, uh, for uh, getting the insights and utilizing the data, reusing it, the, uh, the data for uh, uh, for rebuilding the customer. Anything that comes out of data is going to be like a goal for anybody.
0: Right. So you mentioned three things, AI, automation, and uh, uh, data, right? So yeah. any example of you using your organization or your team using AI for their day-to-day activities?
1: Yeah, I told you, right, for the chat. okay. chatbot, okay. The chatbot, okay. Okay. For Fine. chatbot uh, we, are, we are using AA, actually.
0: Right, and for the automation stuff, is it something you do or that's for completely... Yeah, automation, automation?
1: We, we automated many processes here. So, I mean, human-centric areas, where will we find there is automation, uh, mm-hmm. uh, have to play a role, we automated many things. With that, we do... I mean, mm-hmm. usually humans, uh, I mean, whomever works in the office, they generally have a tendency that if automation comes, that will replace somebody. No, it does not. Right. You yeah. have to upgrade yourself, say... Uh, earlier there were bullocards right now it is all cars future we don't know so it is all like going to transform earlier you need to know how to drive a bullocard right now if you know card, uh, how to drive a bullocard it doesn't make sense right now you need to know how to drive a car in future we don't know what next so you need to know what what exactly you need to fit in so you need to upgrade yourself and just move on with automation
0: Fantastic. And what led to what led you to start your own business? You managed two businesses, right? Uh, uh, Maxify and uh, Tilash Services.
1: Correct. So my passion uh, on business was like uh, from my childhood. I can say I I even uh, remember I tried selling a uh, few balloons. I mm-hmm. still remember uh, selling some uh, CDs in my college days. Uh, I mean MP3 CDs in my college days and uh, I record notebooks i used to print and uh <laughs> in college days so I was, I was i i i don't know the word and terminology called entrepreneur at that time but i was trying to become an entrepreneur all short and small so my passion for business is like uh for, from from my childhood and from my father is from a business background maybe due to that i don't know but I was trying to always trying to solve something uh, in the real life uh, challenge. I was trying to solve something uh, from my business or trying to add some value to the customers. This is what in my mind for, for plenty of time. And uh, coming to the business, there is one big thing that I can say. You can play in your own space. Instead of like working for somebody, if you have your own business... You have a. I, I would rather say like uh, it is not uh, own set of rules that you want to frame for your business. But uh, we all have. I mean, more or less the same rules for most of the business. But you will have more space to play around if you have a different idea to uh, uh, to go and uh, check, validate whether it works or not. You have a space, and uh, when 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 you have uh, uh, want to pivot the product uh, to upside down, you can do it. But it is not the case when I work somewhere.
0: Tilak, and both the companies have distinct different offerings. Tilash Tilash specializes in e-commerce while Maxify aids automating uh, debt collection. Uh, can you explain more about your products and benefits they provide to the customers? Sure.
1: Tilash has been started like uh, eight years back. Yeah. And my partner started. I want uh, to really uh, appreciate my partner. He has been with me for the last 20 years, mm-hmm. and we failed in four businesses before that. And even we never said, uh, we never pointed fingers. We are always together. And uh, always traveled together for the last 20 years and he didn't study with me he's not my childhood friend he's interestingly he's my friend who uh, i met when i was trying to uh, attend an interview so we got like uh, gelled each other and even now he is with me and i I feel that he is going to be with me and for the Eight years, would you, would you
0: like to drop his name, Tilash. His, uh, his name is Ashraf. Ashraf.
1: And my right. name is That's what the, the Tilash name is. Oh, okay. Nice. T-I-L stands for Tilak and for Ashraf.
0: So I'll talk to him separately. I'll also invite him for the next session. You can do that. He is a very
1: interesting person. He's American now, but very busy, in fact. But definitely, you would be happy to have a talk with Sure. And um, I mean, for the last eight years, I mean, before eight years, we did uh, uh, different different businesses and somehow we were doing export business at that time and we were doing commodity trading and uh, we were exporting the rice to uh, uh, Singapore, Vietnam and uh, uh, Malaysia. But uh, computers were not involved in uh, export business quite extensively, but we thought that our uh, strength is uh, with computers, so mm-hmm. we thought what uh, makes computer and export uh, merge together. That's how we found that Amazon business is the best one. So we started Amazon business, start selling the products in US, and then slowly uh, uh, we started taking courses and we uh, we created 2,000 entrepreneurs uh, with that course. And one fine day, the course went uh, uh, went on in, uh, went on live in torrent. <laughs> and number of customers uh, coming to our course were got reduced but we never gave up like we thought that what is our next strength we thought that uh, software is our next strength so what makes export uh, computers that means software uh, merge together so we thought that why not we create software for amazon sellers so we, that's how that's what we are doing till till today so we are doing software and services for amazon sellers uh, we touched uh, more than 14000 customers so far in tilash wow okay and uh, with maxofy uh, the goal is entirely different uh, one of my uh, one of the person who was working with me in tilash uh, he is extremely good and his name is abdullah he is extremely good in uh, technology and one of my friend uh, uh with another friend who was like uh, really good in product making we all uh, we all four uh, got together and we were like thinking what what we can do it but one real life problem that we faced my that my father faced and my previous ages faced but none of them realized what the problem is that is account receivable problem even my father had the same issue I told you my father went into death right, right? So, he, I, I would never say that he he uh, ran the business wrong. He always did right. He created more value to customers, and he always delivered his, uh, delivered his best. But he failed to collect the cash. Instead of collecting the cash which was outstanding, he was collecting. Uh, the, I mean, he he lent the money from others, and he started paying debt. Uh, started paying interest for the debt. So, with that, he ended up with a lot of debt. But this problem was like not highlighting in his mind. So none of uh, the previous age, uh, previous era people realized that this is a major problem. Account receivable is a problem. And even I was stuck with that account receivable. And I couldn't be able to, uh, when I was going legal, I couldn't be able to uh, go and give all the proof all in one go because it was not centralized and it was not like, a, uh, I mean, uh, what to say, streamlined uh, process. So we thought that, we have uh, every expertise to do that. Why not we start uh, doing this as a product? So right now we created a SaaS product called Maxify. It is a controllable automation product. it, it is like uh, going to tap the industry for sure because we did a product completely into SaaS model, whereas the competitors didn't do it that way and automated. And so far, with the last three four months, we collected more than two million dollars using Maxify. Wow! Fantastic.
0: That sounds great. So, can you share any specific instances where your product or service made a positive impact on a customer? I mean, starting from what was the need? I'm sure you would have interacted with your uh, potential prospect, now client, uh, to understand the challenges and what offering you made and what was the requirement and what was the end outcome.
1: Okay. I told you, it is all like uh, SaaS products so. Right. Uh, I mean the the positive impact that we make is the time. So time is gold for everybody. So which cannot be returned uh, once it is spent. So right. we, we cut short the time pretty long. I mean, uh, what to say? Our product definitely cutting short the time for Amazon sellers uh, with the, with the products and service that we do in Tilash. and with Maxify, Definitely, like seventy percentage of uh, res- I mean uh, resources time will be uh, saved by using automation. So this is one real positive impact that I can uh, definitely be proud of.
0: Okay, yeah. And you have a global customer base, right? Predominantly sure. in the US, and do you sell to UK audience or? Yeah, predominantly
1: US, UK, and we have a global audience in fact.
0: And how so, do you effectively promote and market or sell your product to an international audience? Okay, we do digital marketing. Uh,
1: right. I mean, uh, predominantly through digital marketing right now you don't have to uh i mean not like old ages like you have to go and sell to somebody um, right. unless until, uh, there is a necessity we, we don't even meet clients we don't even meet uh, more uh, most of the customers they just come uh, see the ad and they got drive into the website and they'll go through the positives and negatives they do the comparison everything they can sit in one one computer and they can purchase and they can uh, start using the service Ninety it it is all through digital conversions.
0: Right. And, uh, so once you get the lead, who takes care of the, who, which team gets actively involved, and and then uh, who understands the requirement and who comes up with the solution for the client. See,
1: in SaaS product, there is no such thing called understanding the requirement. So right. It's yeah. all pre-built. So okay. what you what you offer to your customer is already uh the, the website yeah. And, yeah. and in every area. So all you have to do is uh, you have to just come, whether it fits your uh, needs or not, then, mm-hmm. that customer will always obviously check that. And um, to answer your question, uh, I mean, what's the question? I'm sorry. I really forgot. No, in the sense, which other team
0: actively get involved? Okay. Like, let actively me, yeah. involved. yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Uh, for I mean, uh, initially the chatbot takes uh, a, b- a bit of control over the customer engagement. After that, uh, the customer support team takes care of that. And uh, closing is always the sales. So yeah. I mean, we don't have implementation or we don't have anything to develop specific to the customers. We have we already pre-built the tools based on the industry needs. That's what I feel.
0: Oh, fantastic! And what what sets your product uh, or your business apart from others in the industry?
1: Okay, we always always create a value to the customer that I can definitely uh, say that uh, uh, it for any business, value addition to the customer stands tall and uh, uh, through word of mouth, uh, uh, definitely uh, after adding the value, people will not stop by uh, 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 restricting, uh, restricting themselves uh, recommending your product, and uh, the integrity that we that we uh, build with the customer is like uh, un uh, I mean, unmatchable when we compare to the competitors.
0: Right. I feel like at what point did you look at your business and consider it a success? Because when you started it, what was the team sti- size for both uh, the and Maxify and and I, I believe you guys have a hundred plus team now. Can you talk about that that phase, like you know how you grew your uh, team members and uh, uh, reached this level of success?
1: Excellent. So we start with two I told you always Ashraf is with me so oh, you and start-
0: Ashraf for the two uh, okay okay I
1: was uh I don't even have a desk at that time I was sitting I still remember I, I was sitting in my bed and I was with one computer and I was doing it same goes with Ashraf he was in US we were the same then we grow. To, uh, I mean we had our first uh, employee uh and right now I mean uh, it is like uh, uh exponentially grown that's what I okay. feel and uh, you asked about the goals. So you said, uh, you asked... Yeah, Josh,
0: about the, the initially, the first year, you said you had just one resource. It's more or less you and Ashraf. And you yeah. hired one. And now what is the strength, your team strength, your total stream strength for both uh, Maxify and Tele services?
1: We have around uh, 40 plus uh, right. we are sitting in office. And there are around 20 plus uh, as a contract employees.
0: Fantastic. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked, what is a success? So, right. success always, it is, it is it is not like a one-day goal or something to decide. Success always differs according to me. There is always a milestone which we use to check. But right now, the milestone that we have for Tilash is touching uh, at least minimum, uh, I mean, I told you 14,000 customers. So, I, uh, our goal is to touch minimum 1 lakh customers a month. So, that's wow. what I, I, our goal is. And with uh, Tilash... Uh, touching one million monthly uh, recurring revenue is the goal that we are currently working for. I would not say the uh, I, I would never say that is uh, even success. That is one milestone that we have. Success always like keep growing as you as you win.
0: I wish you and Ashraf all the best and your entire team, Tulash. I'll be happy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, Tilish, and, and what what guidance or recommendation would you offer to inspiring entrepreneurs in India? I know it's challenging. Uh, could you could you provide us some actionable steps uh, like establishing our own company? Uh, if you want to highlight some top five areas that one should prioritize after launching the business.
1: Okay, after launching the business, uh, definitely uh, someone who is really passionate going to step into the entrepreneurship. Uh, without that, uh, it is it, it, nobody's will. Uh, nobody will be willing to take that risk. Actually. I would say that uh, definitely check the product, whether it is fitting into the market. Product market fit is really, really important. Check the ICP. ICP is ideal customer profile. So whether you have the ideal customer to buy your product, this is very important. These are the mistakes that we have done earlier. So uh, check your USP. So what is your unique selling point uh, that you have when you compare it with the competitors? What is your unique selling point? I want them to check that. And I would say that instead of starting really big, start very small and grow big
0: right so let me you. the first thing you said was uh, create a product which suits the market fit or there is some requirement for that correct Even if there is multiple competition correct? correct and second thing is identifying your target audience your demography demography and, and i missed out the third one like say that again
1: USP, unique, oh, selling-,
0: unique selling points okay fantastic. Selling
1: point. what differs uh, from your competitor so what is a unique selling point in your product And finally, I would suggest that uh, rather starting uh, really big, start small and grow big.
0: Fantastic. And you also have a registered office in the U.S. So for someone who has ran a business in India for two, three years and wants to establish or create a presence in the U.S. uh, And you also have a presence in the Gulf. What factors should Indian companies consider when establishing an office overseas?
1: Okay. We have our customer base in U.S. So that's the main reason we started in the U.S., and uh, starting a office in U.S. is not like India. It's not a lengthy process. It is just two days. People think that uh, creating an office in U.S. is a big deal. No, never. With EA and employee identification number, which you can sit here and give a call to U.S. Uh, uh, agencies and you can register that. It is not like a big thing to uh, create an office in U.S. But... Uh, I mean uh, that should be a purpose. Uh, you 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 cannot like uh, pride to say that we have an office in US. No, unless yeah. that you have a need. I would uh, rather say that not to step in. So we have a need, so we start creating a, a, a office in US, and I have my partner sitting there, and there is a purpose there. So check the
0: purpose. So once you started getting in new clients from the u.s you felt that there should be over there it's not a mandatory thing as you said or uh, any great thing for you to have an overseas office just for exactly. the sake of it it's just that there are clients and you have to support the clients from uh, from your local office
1: exactly and our customer base is in u.s so okay. generally u.s people uh likes more i mean uh likes to interact more uh, when when they have a base in u.s so that's a main reason we started there
0: Right. And and, and like something like which I was curious to know from you, what are the potential uh, unicorns in India that you want to invest in? I've noticed that many of the uh, founders of these successful unicorns originate from speci- uh, specific educational institution. What's your take on that? Okay.
1: I would uh, say that um, I mean I, I'm I'm not uh, uh, investing too much in uh, any any of uh, so I don't have uh, very okay. good knowledge about the investment to be honest with you. But right. uh, to answer your second question, I, even I found the same thing. Like uh, many founders are from IIT, IM background, so maybe you are you are trying to explain that. I would say that they are all taught practically instead of uh, theoretically. I told you, right, that is a big gap for me from engineering passed out to uh, the industry, uh, IT industry. That is a big gap. That gap has been filled for most of them. And they they are failing fast and failing forward. That means... They are trying something while they study and they, when they fail, they move forward and to the next step. So this, and uh, also, the, uh, I mean, uh, when when we were in uh, studying uh, B, mm-hmm. the uh, fresh B graduates used to take the uh, classes. That means they are called as professors. But they hardly have a knowledge about uh, what is going on in the industry. But the premium colleges, I mean, I would say that IAM, uh, IAD, those colleges, I heard that uh, the industry experts are taking the uh, classes. So mm-hmm. the industry knowledge is directly forwarded to them. And also there is a huge networking and mentorship. We, we, are, we are saying that, um, I mean, we are saying from outside that uh, uh, everything happens on its own. No, without networking, without guidance, without mentorship, it never happens. So it all uh, merging together. And that is the main factor. Uh, winners get winning. And they motivate the other people from the same college uh, and they, they keep them moving. So that's how it works.
0: Yeah, I was shocked as well. I went through some data. I was surprised as well. There are specific institutions producing more entrepreneurs as unicorns. Not entrepreneurs you know. at
1: all. are producing unicorns these days.
0: Yeah, yeah. big, big. <laughs> and uh, look, what websites or portals do you frequently browse uh, to follow your industry uh, news or on the latest technology? Do you have any specific portals you follow on a daily basis? For example, you wake up, you start reading about it. Any, any any newspaper or uh, portals which is available in the public domain? Okay.
1: Um, I'm, I'm not a guy who always get uh, too much updated to the news. <laughs> I, I would uh, rather go whatever comes to my plate. If I have to I learn something, there is always Google. So I just go to Google and uh, read. Right. If I have to learn something uh, in a streamlined way, in a structural way, I would uh, definitely suggest Udemy for that. It is mm-hmm. one fantastic uh, portal. Actually, it is like a mini university sitting there,
0: and the price is also very, uh, yeah, very yeah. nice with Udemy. It's not too expensive. Yeah, exactly. have to pick it's up expensive.
1: any. Alright, then you can go right a uh, fantastic courses. Starts with yeah. 499. Yeah, so
0: ask- at least, and it's not that they're offering some cheap stuff with that competitive pricing. Uh, the kind of sure, if sure. I have to subscribe to some course, especially in the sales or marketing side, or LinkedIn. I go through with the content language like they offer. It's really good for the pricing. It's not something because just it's cheap. They're not doing or producing any good content. They show really good courses available in Udemy. Exactly.
1: Worthy, worthy investments.
0: Uh, every month, uh, I mean, we used to set something
1: as a, I I uh, mean, some budget for Udemy actually.
0: Right. Fantastic. So you, you kind of promote that as a culture in your office to keep upgrading, keep doing some basic level certification on a monthly basis.
1: Yes, we have a learning and uh, development program running here. We have a tool for that and uh, we created a repository and people can uh, go over that anytime and they can start uh, browsing it over. And on top of that, if they are
0: really willing to do something on the course, we are very happy to uh, encourage them. Fantastic. And to like, in the beginning of the conversation, you said doing intern is something uh, which you always uh, advise youngsters or someone who's starting out a career. Is there something which is open in your office now <laughs> at this moment of time? Like, you know, hiring intends uh, for the next three months or something like that. Is it the pipeline for you? Yeah, it's always
1: on. So it depends on the requirements. But it is always on. I mean, I, I can say, I see people coming and going. So always
0: on. Fantastic. And how do you, what do you do over the weekend? What do you, because the industry you're working, I think whenever offline, I try interacting with you. Most of the time you're traveling and uh, occupied with client meeting and all. So what do you do over the weekends and how do you take frequent breaks? from work to recharge and rejuvenate yourself? Okay. My uh, recharge is again a business. So Uh my
1: wife runs a cafe, organic cafe.
0: Wow! Um, uh, So
1: I used to support her uh, during my Saturdays Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh, half of my Sunday and uh, rest of half of the Sunday goes with my kids. And uh, even on Saturday, when I go to a cafe, I'll take my uh, kids along with them. I really love uh, spending time with them. And uh, I recharge, uh, get recharged when I play with them. And uh, I go for uh, some uh, kind of physical activity uh, like a kilometer uh, ride of uh, cycling or uh, playing shuttle Mm -hmm. and uh, taking a short break here and there during Saturdays, which we cannot afford during the weekdays. So that's how my Saturday Sunday goes. And I'm not a kind of guy who travels more. So most
0: of my time goes with business. Sorry, I took your time on Saturday. I'll leave that you another shot. Anyway,
1: <laughs> today I'm working, so most all all, all the Saturdays I really work.
0: Right, and and where you put your money on invest for investment? I mean, I asked this to all my guests. The reason is uh, I didn't get any guidance when I wanted to invest. I had no idea about it. My thought process was simple: I would make money any point of time, which was which was not true. So, mm. what what kind of investment planning you have for you go for stocks or real estate or purchase of gold? And a simple guidance you want to give to someone who's starting out the career fresh air. Listen, no matter what money you make, you need to save so-and-so percentage of amount you know, in every month. You'll see the result after you complete 30 years or 5 years or in, in 10 years every time.
1: I would say that real estate is a very good investment, but that cannot be done on monthly or uh, right. on a yearly basis. But before that, uh, I mean, uh, before you switch over to uh, go and purchase something in uh, real estate, uh, I would rather say parking your money in gold or in uh, in stocks uh, not to a larger extent to in stocks uh, will will carry more uh, returns that's what i feel
0: fantastic and are you someone who have a said morning and night routine that you love following or sorry i lost you, you know, are you someone who said uh, have a said morning and night routine yeah uh,
1: my morning routine starts with a uh, bit of stretch and meditation.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, uh, I, I uh, induce uh, physical exercise uh, anytime in the morning or in the evening. And before going night, I would uh, definitely not, not take my mobile out for the uh, last 30 minutes. I hear a lot of uh, podcasts or uh, some informative YouTube channel, but only through the Bluetooth speaker, I'll not take the mobile out. And uh, again, night I do some uh, stitches, and my days goes off. And my foot is very highly disciplined. So I, it's all like followed uh, schedule on a daily basis. That is my routine.
0: You want to thank your wife for that? Yeah. <laughs> She's wonderful at that. Fantastic. And tell like how often you travel abroad. Uh, any, any experience of um, meeting uh, clients abroad? Because you have such a huge base now. So how frequently you travel every year?
1: These days, the travel is very limited after COVID. Limited so, before that, uh, I used to travel many countries. I traveled several countries like uh, US, mm-hmm. Australia, Singapore, Dubai, um, uh, New Zealand, uh, Hong Kong, I mean, many countries. Uh, meeting people is always a pleasure. I love interacting with people.
0: Tilak, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I've learned a lot from you during this conversation. And I would love to continue. And I would like to uh, book another meeting with you and Ashraf together, maybe in the next coming episode, so that we can talk about things in details. Uh, Once again, thank you. Wish you all the best. Thank you, Suresh.
1: Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, The name of the talk show is something different, on-site and offshore podcast. But what I covered is uh, more of entrepreneurship. I'm really uh, happy that you accommodated me. And I I really like uh, bring Ashraf once again to this podcast. It is a good initiative. Uh, Not many people are doing these days. uh, Out of the time that uh, you are doing uh, your job and other activity, you are trying to accomplish this, which which is really appreciated. So thank you very much, Suresh, for this opportunity.
0: Thank you, Tula. appreciate it. Have a good day. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on Onsite and Offshore Podcast. We hope you found our conversation insightful and engaging. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. That way you'll never miss an episode and will always be up to date with the latest insight and discussion. We love hearing from our listeners, so please don't hesitate to reach out with any questions, comments or feedback. You can find us on social media or shoot us an email. Goodbye and take care.